You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let's get into the breaking news. A lot of action around the NFL, especially when you're only doing the show one time a week. So let's jump right into it. The first line of business is the Jacksonville Jaguars have a new head coach. And that new head coach is Urban Meyer, who formerly coached the Ohio State Buckeyes before he was... Uh, well, he resigned due to health issues, and uh, he's in a good spot. He has a lot of draft picks. He has a number one overall pick, and it makes it interesting because everyone said that they were going to get Trevor Lawrence, and it makes you wonder if maybe they'll kind of shift towards Justin Fields since uh, that was one of uh, Ohio State's quarterback and, and main guy, and Urban Meyer obviously a big part of that. So we'll see. It makes things interesting now with the uh, NFL draft. Uh, is this a good hire by Jacksonville? I mean, Nick Saban tried this and failed miserably with the Dolphins, and I'm not sure Urban Meyer will be any more successful, mostly because, you know, at those big-time college football programs, they were able to pay their players. And uh, here in the NFL, all the NFL players are paid. So he doesn't have that advantage anymore <laughs> compared to college. But we'll see. Uh, he definitely, you know, is, is a is a good coach. We'll see if he's a good college coach, or NFL coach, I should say. The next line of business was Brian uh, Brian Schottenheimer was fired as the offensive coordinator for Seattle. Now, you know, for the Seahawks, he was a good coach, and I, I think the biggest complaint towards Schottenheimer was the fact that he wouldn't unleash Russell Wilson, that uh, they depended too much on the run and depended on Russell Wilson at the end of games. But then on top of that, Pete Carroll made an interesting comment where he said that they wanted to get back to their roots and run the ball more, and they didn't run the ball enough, where I kind of think it was the opposite, where early in the season they were winning. You saw Russell Wilson really uh, airing it out all over the place, and then they kind of had a ideology shift midseason, and they started running the ball a lot more. And we're trying to get Russell Wilson to manage the game again. And I just don't understand it. It's like <laughs> Russell Wilson was on the pace to have an MVP season, and then you kind of were trying to take the ball out of his hands. And that's what they want to do even more. So it's something to watch next year, especially for like fantasy football purposes. I think this is huge because they're going to get someone in there that's going to run the ball, and Pete Carroll's going to make them run the ball. And that's really going to kind of tank the value of Russell Wilson like he'll still be a good quarterback of course but he won't be uh you know you won't see the early in the season Russell Wilson that we saw and and that's a shame because if you put him in a system where he's passing the ball a lot I I think Russell Wilson's still a really good quarterback Uh, Randy Fickner uh, fired as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers you know I I agree with that move as well Steelers need some new life Their, their play calling looked predictable they uh, didn't look like they had an identity. They, you know, once the short passing game was exposed and people started defending it, they couldn't really do much else. And uh, I think it contributed to them losing the 
last five of their six games that they played. So uh, that move you can kind of see coming, and it did. Uh, Broncos hire former Vikings assistant GM George Patton as GM. That's a good move. Vikings have done a pretty good job with their personnel. Obviously their defense is a mess, but uh, you know, player personnel-wise, I feel like they've done a pretty good job. And this will be a good move for Patton. He gets the the uh, you know the raise uh, or promotion, I should say, to GM with a different organization. And he's still he's still going to have John Elway looking over his shoulder. Let's not forget that John Elway fired himself just to promote himself um, to a higher position in the organization. So I think you're still going to see John Elway's uh, fingerprints all over what the Broncos do personnel-wise. Lions hire former Rams director of college scouting Brad Holmes as GM. And that's a really good move as well because you really got to like the Rams and the players that they bring in and, uh, you know, the the drafts that they've had. I mean, just getting Aaron Donald with the 11th overall pick where he's like the most dominant defensive player we've seen at defensive tackle since Mean Joe Green is, uh, it, I mean, not saying necessarily that he was there for that uh, since that was still under Jeff Fisher, but I just really enjoy the the Rams and the the players that they're able to get, and it never seems like they seems like they have a never ending stream of cash. It's like salary cap. We don't have a salary cap. We'll spend and get whoever we want. And you know they got Jalen Ramsey. They're able to get uh, uh, Robert Woods from Buffalo. They defensive wise it seems like their defensive line is always just stacked with people from you know that they draft and they, and they get from other teams so they, they, they do a solid job and if you look at the last couple of drafts they've done a really good job on their drafts and uh, so this is a good move uh, on that end so good job Brad Holmes you're gonna try to turn around a Lions team that is kind of the opposite and you know they haven't been able to accumulate enough talent when they do go to the Lions there seems to you know, be in a system where they're not excelling, you wonder, you know, how, you know, how much is it the coaching or how much is it the player development and, uh, or is it just the players? So we'll find that, that out here pretty quick, but I think the Lions will start, you know, going a different direction and how they, uh, they analyze the, the players that they want on their team. And you, you hope for a turnaround there because I know Lions fans are anxious for that. Titans, Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, he's hired as the head coach So of the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be the head coach of Atlanta. Good move. Uh, Arthur Smith with that Titans offense, you really got to like it. He doesn't expose Ryan Tannehill too much. He uses the weapons around him. Just He does a really great job. He's creative, he's innovative, and hiring him as a head coach for the Falcons, I, I think the Falcons need that. And him going to a system where he has weapons like Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, still a serviceable quarterback that can get the job done. Uh, Russell Gage took a step, a couple steps forward. You know, Julio Jones is at the end of his career, but I think he still has some left in the tank, um, even with his, you know, his injury history. So you, you have you have some good weapons, and I would say the, you know, you get a good running back uh, into that offense, and you're going to have a really formidable offense. So they obviously need to work on that defense. That defense started coming uh, together towards the end of the year, uh, but definitely need to chip away at that, and you're going to have a pretty solid team. Cowboys, they hired Falcons or former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. So Dan Quinn went from head coach of the Falcons and now will be the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. You gotta like the work he did for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that Legion of Boom uh, defense was 
uh, pretty, uh, yeah, it was one of the top defenses in the NFL. Got him his gig with the Falcons. So uh, I, I think that's really going to improve the Cowboys' defense because, to be honest, it can't get any worse. Now, this isn't going to be an overnight fix by any means, but uh, I think you're really going to see an improved defense with Dan Quinn as the coordinator. Raiders hire former Chargers defensive coordinator Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator, and that's a good move as well. Bradley is, you know, all, you know, he has a lot of experience, has been around forever. He's a good defensive coordinator, and the, the Raiders, their defense was, you know, they had a lot of individual talent. They couldn't really put it all together, and they gave up a lot of points, a lot of yards. I think someone like Gus Bradley coming in could really uh, do a good job and uh, make the Raiders a, a better unit uh, coming into next year. And then the biggest news with all the head coaches is the Eagles fired Doug Peterson uh, as their head coach, and they'll be looking for a new head coach. This was kind of a crazy situation where it seemed like Peterson just won a Super Bowl three years ago, and the Eagles had a bad year, but they had a ton of injuries. So I, I think, you know, they, they get a lot of those guys back, and they could have had a really good year next year with some of the talent they had. But uh, it just seemed like uh, they didn't have the patience for it. I guess there's some, you know, was it the the tank at the end of the season? Was it, uh, you know, it's Peterson re, not relying on Miles Sanders very much, uh, not going to Jalen Hurts earlier? Who knows? But uh, he's fired for the Eagles, and they'll be looking for a new head coach. And that about does it for the news this week. There's a lot, but uh, let's get right into the uh, Wild Card Weekend recap. Yay! Now it's the recap of the Wild Card Weekend. A lot has happened. And I will just say that uh, I was three and three. I'm picking the spread, and I was one and five on the over under. So hopefully you didn't listen to me very much on the over under, and hopefully you listened on all the ones I got right on the on the spread. The ones I got right on the spread were the Colts Bills game. I said the Colts wouldn't lose by six and a half. They didn't. They lost by three. I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win by more than eight and a half, and they did. And then I picked the Ravens, to, and I got three points. I picked them, they won. So they definitely covered the, the three-point spread. I lost, I picked the Bears to cover the spread, nine and a half against the Saints. And they were close. They were like a field goal away from doing it. They didn't get it done. I picked the Steelers to win by six points against the Browns. And, man, was I wrong on that one. That's a game we'll definitely talk about. Uh, Pittsburgh gave up 28 points in the first quarter, where I really liked their defense. I thought they were one of the top defensive plays. They couldn't do anything. Basically fell right into the Cleveland Browns' hands. Browns got an early lead. They were able to do play action, able to run the ball. And it just, yeah, that game was over before it even started. Very first play of the game, over Roethlisberger's head into the end zone. Cleveland recovers. Next series, they throw an interception. Next series, they punt the ball. Next series, they throw another interception. I mean, it just doesn't get any worse than that. So Cleveland Browns deserved it. They played a good game. They uh, definitely looked like they were uh, they were committed and wanted this game a lot more than the Steelers did. Uh, moving on to the, the Bears-Saints game, I, I just got to say that you know, I expected the Bears' defense to play well, and they did. They played reasonably well. The Saints have a pretty good offense, and they held them to 20 points. I think the big 
thing that uh, was evident was just how bad the Bears' offense is. I mean, we knew it all year, but just to see it in a playoff game where they weren't able to do anything, it, I mean, they were able to shut down David Montgomery because, you know, and make Mitch Trubisky pass, uh, pass the ball. And when he tried to pass the ball, they couldn't do anything. So I really think you're going to see the Bears move on from Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't see anything in his play the last couple of years that showed me that he's a quarterback that could uh, that can win you a game. And the Bears have a really good defense. So if you have a defense like that, you should be able to win more than what the Bears were able to this season. It really falls on the quarterback in that offense to be able to you know, score some points and move the ball. And the Bears just unfortunately weren't able to do that. The Ravens game and the you know the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans, that was a tough game. Uh, it was lower scoring, and I thought it was going to be a high scoring game. So I actually you know said to pick the over, and it was the under. Both defenses played great. It was kind of a sl- slog fest. J.K. Dobbins did great. Lamar Jackson had a good game. I, I expected the you know Tennessee Titans to be able to move the ball a little bit better than they were able to. Really, everyone for Tennessee. You know, A.J. Brown started off pretty good. He had that touchdown catch, but was pretty quiet after that. And it just wasn't a game for the, the Titans in this one. Uh, Baltimore pretty much dominated from front to finish. Tennessee still had a chance, though. That You know, they have a pretty good team. They just weren't able to pull it out. The the Bears and the Saints, though, I was pretty – going back to that game really quick, I was happy because I said it was that, – that's the only one I got right on the uh, – uh, points or uh, the over under. I said take the under because I didn't believe in the Bears' offense, and I got that right. <laughs> that was the only one. So uh, the Buccaneers and the Washington Football Team. Uh, this is another one where Buccaneers just have a really good offense. Was able to overcome the Washington Football Team's great defense. I, I think if the Washington Football Team gets some more pieces for their offense and gets a quarterback, like they really need to develop a franchise quarterback, that uh, they'll. That they'll have a really good football team moving forward, so we'll see. And actually, I really like the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. Uh, I think they have the best uh, upward mobility, uh, player-wise and team-wise. The Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. That game was just horrible. I mean, I thought Seattle would win that game. The Rams won, and it just shows really how bad the Seattle's offense ended the season. They weren't able to do anything. The Rams' defense is really good, and their defense actually didn't hold up as well as I thought they would. The, the Rams were able to score a lot more points than I thought, and it was almost a blessing when John Wolford got hurt and Jared Goff came in there because all of a sudden it was like they couldn't be stopped. Jared Goff was just amazing uh, and was really able to move the ball against Seattle. So that Rams' offense played a lot better than I thought they would on the Seattle defense. And then obviously the Colts and the Bills, that was a really fun game to watch. Came down to the end. The Bills have a great, uh, great offense, and just to watch them perform against this Colts defense was a treat. I think they'll do really good things against the Baltimore Ravens defense and the the Colts offense. You know, they held in there. They they played well. Michael Pittman made an appearance and actually looked like the receiver we were hoping he was going to be at the end of the season that he never quite turned out to be. And Jonathan Taylor had an amazing day running the ball. So just great, great day. For the uh, the Buffalo Bills, even though you got to give props to the Colts offense, but uh, it was a close game like we predicted, and uh, the Colts just came out on the short end of the stick. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? 
What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. Okay, here's the part of the show where we go right into the previews of the divisional playoff games. It's the second round. There's a lot going on with these games. And they should be some good ones. I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is, I mean, it's not surprising, but a lot of these teams have really good defenses that are left. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring this week compared to last week. I mean, I think there's there'd be a couple games where there might be some high-scoring games, but overall... I most of these defenses that are left in the the tournament is they're top ten defenses, so it's going to be hard going for a lot of these teams. The first game we're going to preview though is the Saturday games, and that first game is Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by six and a half points. The over under is forty five point five. You know I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. And I usually don't like to do that with you know against the Rams team that uh, has one of the best defenses in the NFL. It's just the the Packers are able to do it against anybody. I mean they annihilated the Bears defense. They annihilate any defense. Aaron Rodgers is just having an unbelievable season. So I, I think they win by a touchdown in this one, if not more. Uh, the forty five point five is the over under. I'm taking the over on this one because I do think the Rams will have success on the ground with Cam Akers. Cam Akers is proving to be a beast and really improving his stock for next year in fantasy football. He's went to uh, he went from becoming a flyer that you need to pay attention to in middle rounds to being probably a top three three round pick running back. And uh, the more he the more success he has, the more he's going to skyrocket up the draft boards for fantasy football. But uh, I obviously like him in this game, and I like Malcolm Brown in this game. I think they both can do some good things against this Packer defense. And I like Devontae Adams in this one as well. Devontae Adams, you know, the Rams have one of the top defenses in the NFL, especially against receivers. Devontae Adams is going to be up against Jalen Ramsey, but, uh, you know, I don't expect Jalen Ramsey to win all the time. I think there's still going to be a lot of targets to Devontae Adams. It's going to make him a, a decent play. So I'm just going to go talk about the people I do like just because, you know, fantasy football is probably long gone. There's no one playing fantasy football right now. But there's a lot of people doing the uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. And so I'm going to talk about the players that you should consider uh, throwing into your lineup. And those are three that uh, I think have a spot in in those lineups. The other ones I, I, I don't think are uh, maybe Cooper Cup because he's in the slot and he might get some volume and he's a – Jared Goff's favorite target, but outside of that, there's not anyone here that I, w- I feel like should be a strong start for, for you with this matchup. This next game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 49.5. I am liking the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens can win, and even if they don't, and maybe they lose by a couple points, you're still good. 
But I'm kind of picking the upset here, and I believe in the Ravens to win this game uh, just because I really like what they're doing defensively right now, and I'm not liking what the Bills are doing defensively right now. I feel like they gave up too many points against the Colts. I think the Ravens have a better offense than the Colts, so that's going to tilt towards the the Ravens winning this game. 49.5 is the over-under. I'm taking the over on this one. I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game, almost like the last, you know, the Colts-Bills game. I think it'll be a little more high-scoring than that, so that's going to push it over the 50-point mark. And uh, it's this is going to be one of the fun games to watch. These are two teams that, uh, you know, you're going to see some, uh, some scoring compared to some of these other games. So uh, starting-wise, in regards to your maybe your money lineups uh dk dobbins i mean you got to keep going with him he's just been dominant he hasn't slowed down at all against the bills the bills are uh, like 21st against the rush defensively which is horrible uh they should be a lot higher than that so that really opens the door for dk dobbins to have a really good week gus edwards same I, i think there's room for both of them to have good weeks so gus edwards is a play here and then I, I have Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews because the Bills are horrid against the tight ends. I mean, you saw what Jack Doyle did. Even with Jack Doyle and his huge game, you had Trey Burton who had a, a lot of catches and yards, and they even incorporated Mo Alley-Cox. So imagine all those tight end catches and targets and just going to Mark Andrews next week. I think Mark Andrews is a top play and needs to be in your lineup. He's, he's going to dominate in this one. And... Yeah, Mark Andrews is good, and uh, he didn't have a great week last week. He'll have a good week this week. Hollywood Brown I put in there because he's just been on a tear where he's been scoring touchdowns every week. He's getting the targets and the yards. So I've been as big as anyone to kind of rip on his season and you know tell everyone what a disappointment he's been. But you can't ignore the fact that he's had like five straight games with touchdowns and been a huge part of the Ravens passing game so even with the bad matchup here I still would start him because he has big play potential and then for the the Bills I like Stephon Diggs horrible matchup again but he gets the targets and with all that volume he's going to get the stats that you need and then Cole Beasley I like Cole Beasley in this one too he's banged up and he's hurt so I think that contributed to him having kind of a, a melodramatic day the the first playoff week but uh, you know, I think he's had time to get that injury a little bit better, and he's just such a veteran. He he's always he's always open, and Bills like to incorporate him in their offense. So I think he's a good play here in this game. Outside of that, I'm not really confident in anyone else. And I I know like Lamar jo- uh, Jackson, Josh Allen, they're running quarterbacks, so you got to appreciate that, and they should be big plays here. But I'm just not feeling that in this game. I really think both of them aren't going to have horrible games, but I think you're going to have top quarterback play somewhere else than you will in this game. So, uh, And this is a game where I think everyone's going to maybe play those guys, and you can maybe get more points by starting someone else, and uh, and they'll be a lot cheaper as well. So, um, Yeah, that's pretty much the preview of this game, and uh, this is one of the most... Uh, exciting games of the weekend I think that I'm really looking forward to now let's slide right into the Sunday games and we'll start with the first game on Sunday that's going to be the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs 
The Chiefs are favored by 10 points. 10. And as much as I think the Chiefs are going to win this game in advance, I don't think the Browns have a chance. I am taking the Browns with the 10 points. In the playoffs, in this type of atmosphere, I I don't see a team getting beat by 10 points. The over-under is 57. That's really, really high. I think they're going to score a lot of points, but I don't think they're going to score that many points. So I'm taking the under on this one. And there's a lot of people you can start in this game. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game for both teams. Obviously not to the tune of 57 total points, but it's it's going to be a a productive day. I I think especially early for the Chiefs. I think they'll take a big lead and then uh, maybe try to... The, the Browns will have to be playing uh, comeback and d- depend on Baker Mayfield to to lead them back. I don't think Baker Mayfield can do that, so that's where I'm picking the, the Chiefs to win. Uh, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. You can put those both of them in your lineup. Patrick Mahomes, just because he's playing one of the worst pass defenses that are you know that's left in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks left in the playoffs. So that's just a recipe for success for for Patrick Mahomes, and then, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. Again, they're going to be playing from behind. He's going to be forced to pass the ball a lot. So if he keeps his turnovers down, he can have a really great day and should be considered. Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. I, those are both starts for me. I really like both of those guys. If they're able to run the ball, the Chiefs give up rushing yards. They give up points to the running back you know, receiving. So I think there's room for both Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt to have great days. Maybe not necessarily as good as what they did against the Steelers, but they that skill set that they showed against the Steelers is what the Chiefs have trouble defending. So I'm all in on both of those guys. And then Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. I think all those receivers can be, uh, you know, startable people in your lineup that you should consider. Uh, they they all could have big weeks, and Sammy Watkins, who you doesn't show up unless it's the first game of the season or the playoffs, is out of this one, so he won't be playing. He's injured. It's going to be Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, I think, a lot in this game, and then obviously again with Robinson and Pringle playing complementary roles. But you've seen when they're able to play complementary roles that they can be very productive receivers. So, uh, on the, you know, Austin Hooper, Travis Kelsey, both tight ends in this one are really good plays. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is the best play here. He's good. He's really expensive, though. Austin Hooper's not a bad, you know, plan B. If you want to save some cap space, you can throw in uh, Austin Hooper. He has a good matchup here and a good consideration. So, outside of that, I'm pretty much sitting everybody else. You know, Clyde Edwards Solaire is questionable. I don't like this matchup, anyways. Uh, if you were to play, and uh, yeah, I just don't. I think Cleveland will be keep it close enough that they won't lose by ten points. But it's going to be really the the Chiefs pretty much running this game from front to finish against the Browns. The last game of the playoff weekend on Sunday night is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored by three points, and I'm taking them. I think, you know, we saw what happened last time the Buccaneers played at New Orleans, and it wasn't pretty. So I'm, I'm taking the Saints. The over-under is 52 points. I'm taking the under on this one. I don't think 52 points are going to be scored. 
especially you know if you look at the last two matchups it's really the the Saints dominated both those games with great defense and the Buccaneers had trouble keeping up Tom Brady in that first game first game of the season was just horrible and I think you'll see similar things from him this week this is just not a good matchup for the Buccaneers and the Saints are just all around a better team uh, defensively as well I, I think they played the pass better they stopped the run both teams stopped the run uh, which makes you know both running games benches for me like Leonard Fournette uh, Ronald Jones uh, Latavius Murray I, I think you, you know Alvin Kamara is a decent play here just because of the passing that he gets he's so involved in the passing game that you're starting him no matter what it's still going to be a tough road for him against the Buccaneers running the ball but uh, it's Alvin Kamara, so he's always a good play. Drew Brees, I really like him at quarterback this week. I think he can be one of the top quarterback plays that no one's talking about. The Buccaneers give up a whole lot of yards through the air. The Saints are pretty much healthy. They have everyone back. They have Michael Thomas. Deontay Harris will be coming back. You know, he had like seven catches last week with 83 yards. I, I just really like the the offense for the Saints in this one against that Buccaneers defense in the passing game. So I think Drew Brees is going to have a big day. Michael Thomas, Dante Harris, you know, I mentioned them, Jared Cook. I think you can start all of them. I'm really excited about Dante Harris because he's a return man, like special teams guy, that all of a sudden is just becoming a big part of the passing game. And he's getting the targets to become a solid number two. Like It's almost like he's surpassed Emmanuel Sanders as that number two receiver. And I, I, I just really like his game, So you know, the last couple weeks. On the Buccaneer side of the ball, I, Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski. I think you can start any of those guys because they're talent. They're all really good. So, they, you know, you can throw them into your lineup and maybe get lucky. I don't think all of them are going to have big days. Remember, Mike Evans was kind of a bust last time he went against Marshawn Lattimore. And so I'm kind of liking the other play I'm, I'm liking Godwin and Antonio Brown a little bit better than Evans in this one but again they all are they all have potential to have a good day so you can consider them and if you can fit them in your lineup they're they're not bad plays uh that's really much it for the Buccaneers I I, I don't I like their defense the Buccaneers defense against the Saints I like the Saints defense against the Buccaneers uh, I just think they're two solid defenses and they can get some turnovers, um, but it's it's going to be one of those ones where everyone's thinking it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game that uh, where the Saints are really able to stifle the Buccaneers in this one. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, it's a good way to close out the uh, playoff weekend, though for sure. And th- this is the second most, uh, this is the second biggest game I'm looking forward to outside of the. Uh, the the Ravens and the Bills. Yay! That will do it for this week's show. It was a short one. There's uh, not a lot of football going on. There's definitely a lot of news, though, with all the coaching hirings that will be happening and the uh, general manager positions. But uh, regardless, we'll... Uh, get back at it next week for the conference finals in the AFC and the NFC. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban fantasy football show. I am Ms. the Wiz Montalban. And again, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week.
Cheers. Here goes our FanDuel lineup where we win you money. You listen to who we tell you to put in, you put them in, and you win some cash. So it's as easy as that. So let's get started on this week's lineup. At quarterback, we have Patrick Mahomes, $9,200. Pretty expensive, but against this Cleveland Browns defense, I think he's just going to dominate and be able to throw all over them. I like, you know, I, I think basically he's going to be able to do what Ben Roethlisberger did minus the interceptions. Of course, I don't think he'll throw for that many yards because I think they'll get a, a decent lead on Cleveland, and Cleveland will kind of come back after that. But uh, regardless, I, I like Mahomes, and I think he's a, a top play here. My r- first running back is Kareem Hunt, $6,200, playing at against Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Cleveland Browns, they like to run the ball. They do it efficiently. Chiefs don't stop the run consistently enough. And plus, he's part of the passing game as well. So I think even if they get behind, they're going to use Hunt in the passing game. So at $6,200, I think he's a bargain, and he's a good play here. My next running back, just riding that train as well, like I did with Jonathan Taylor the first week, I have Cam Akers, $7,000. He's the 28th, or sorry, the Green Bay Packers are 28th ranked team against the run. Cam Akers did great things last week. And uh, I, you know, Seattle Seahawks defense was pretty decent. Green Bay Packers give up more yards than the Seahawks did. They're worse against the run. So I can only imagine what Cam Akers can do in this type of matchup, especially for $7,000. Sign me up all day for him, and he's my second running back. My first wide receiver, I got to do the uh, QB wide receiver combo. I have Tyreek Hill here. You know, it's always tr- you know tough to play a top notch receiver with the quarterback, especially if they use like the secondary pieces. You feel like you overspent for somebody. But I mean, Tyreek Hill's dominant against everybody. And the Cleveland Browns are just really bad, especially on the deep balls. And Tyreek Hill, that's where he excels. I just expect really big things from Tyreek Hill. I think he can be the top player in all fantasy football this week. So for all your FanDuel and DraftKings lineups, you need to have him in there. He's $8,800 for me. It's worth it. I'm throwing him in there. And then I'm doubling down on how well the Chiefs are going to be able to pass against Cleveland because I'm having no-namer Byron Pringle as my other wide receiver. I think having two receivers is risky at times, but I'm that confident in the Chiefs' passing game. I need a cheap option, and I need someone with high upside. Byron Pringle, I think, has both, especially with Sammy Watkins not playing. And I've actually liked his usage a little bit more than I have with Robinson. And even sometimes with McCall Hardman, to be honest. So I think Pringle can be an underrated play here and, and have a really good week. My next wide receiver I have is Michael Thomas. I used him last week a little bit in some of my, my lineups. He was a last-minute uh, activation by the Saints. And he's their number one receiver. He's at $7,200. So if I, first off, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give up a lot of points to the wide receiver position. Secondly, Michael Thomas gets a lot of targets from the Saints, especially with Drew Brees. He's $7,200. So at that price, I'm all in on Michael Thomas. I will take that all day. I wanted some Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't have the cap space for it. I like Michael Thomas's uh, opportunities better than I do Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown. 
mostly because there's just so much ball to go around for the Buccaneers. I don't know who's going to get it. With the Saints and Michael Thomas, I know, and I know he's going to be the main guy. So that, uh, and he's, you know, he's right in that price range. Tight end, I did it. I put Mark Andrews as the tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. I already mentioned it in the preview. You saw what the t- the Colts tight ends did to the Bills defense. I can't imagine what uh, Mark Andrews is capable of doing. I dislike this matchup a lot. I want all of Mark Andrews that I possibly can in this matchup. So I was able to get him in there for $6,600. And then I stayed with the, for my flex position, I stayed with the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins has been dominant as well. Uh, he's kind of followed the same spectrum as Cam Akers and that assertion to being dominant. I really like it. J.K. Dobbins is $6,500 against Buffalo. Uh, you saw what Jonathan Taylor did. J.K. Dobbins is a similar back. I think he can get a lot of yards, some touchdowns. It's just a really good play here. So I have J.K. Dobbins in there. And then my defense, I didn't have a lot of money left over for my defense. So I really had a choice between the Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wasn't going to take the Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I just wasn't going to do it. So I'm taking the Buccaneers here against the New Orleans Saints offense. I, I like their defense. They stop the run. Uh, they don't stop the pass very well. So I think that will be where it might hurt me a little bit. But all it takes is a turnover or two or maybe a defensive touchdown, and this defensive play looks a lot better. But out of the two between Cleveland and them, I definitely like the Buccaneers the best. So that's my defense to be able to play everyone else that I have in this lineup. And, uh, again, we'll see how it goes, but I'm confident in it. I like it, and I think you should put it in there too and uh, win your guys's, uh, or win yourself some money.